in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? The Las Vegas Aces play for a trophy tonight. They are in the Commissioner's Cup final. They're in Chicago against the Chicago Sky. This is the second year the WNBA has done the Commissioner's Cup and the Aces play the Sky for a trophy tonight. I will say one thing about this. I am. I think the WNBA needs to change it to be better to where it's a legitimate in-season tournament. Because the way the Commissioner's Cup works is you play... Throughout the year for your results in your game. You play 10... There's 10 games that are designated a Commissioner's Cup game. And then the team from the West and the East with the best record... Of those 10. Of just those 10 play in this championship game for a trophy. I think they need to change it and have a legitimate in-season tournament. Like, take the play a single elimination tournament in July or whenever you want to do it. Because that feels more like a tournament. This just feels like a one-off game among the two best teams in the WNBA. What's, I guess my question is, maybe a simple question, what's the point of this? I think all the players get a bonus if they win. Okay, they get money. I okay, think so. that's the point of it. Yeah, but uh, it's, I mean, the NBA's talked about the in-season tournament, and right. we're probably, within the next five years, we're probably going to get it at some point. But the NBA has talked about doing a legitimate tournament, like, tournament, like a knockout style this is like we just randomly designate 10 games that count towards your yeah. commissioner's cup record. And then we take the best uh, records from the East and the West and play them against each other. It makes one little extra fun game on the schedule. They won a trophy. I think the players get a bonus tonight, but ultimately it's, it feels kind of pointless, right? Because it's not a real tournament. If it was a real tournament, I think it'd be a lot more engaging. Long way away from the Aces. They're away for a long time. Their next six games. So they play tonight in Chicago as a part of this Commissioner's Cup. But then they're at Indiana back-to-back. Indiana's awful, so that shouldn't be too much of a problem. But then they go to Washington, to Dallas, to Seattle before they come back home. So that's six straight games. They are on the road. Again, the seeding's not as important as it was in the past, but I'm curious to see if they fall out of the two seed by the time this road trip is over. Right. Hopefully they beat up on Indiana. You'd hope if you're, well, they better win those if two. you're the aces, you can beat you the five and 24 two. team. But after that, eh, there might be enough in there to fall out of the two seed and back into the three. Step back one legged. What kind of shot is that? Have you ever shot that shot? Do you work on that shot? Wait. All right. I have not seen this reported anywhere else. And I've never heard of the outlet that reported it. But Ball Out Sports is reporting that Liz Cambage is quitting the L.A. Sparks. Again, I have not seen anybody else that has reported this so far. It has all been from Ball Out Sports, which okay, I the Sparks have, not have announced it. They did announce a it. A contract divorce. Okay, so it is official. It is with support we contract support. Contract divorce is yeah. the phrase they use? It is with support that we share Liz's decision to terminate her contract with the organization. We want what's best for Liz and have agreed to part ways amicably. The Sparks remain excited about our core group. Uh, originally signed by the Sparks on February 15th as a free agent, averaging 13-6-1. and one. 
Uh, so yeah. Contract divorce. Great yeah. phrase. So yeah. she is quitting the LA Sparks. My main question on Liz Cambage, I have two main questions for you. One, is her basketball career over? No, I think she'll play. And I think she just goes from one situation to the next. Who's going to sign her, though? Well, in WNBA, I'm not so sure. But can't she play abroad? Well, the last news we had about her playing in Australia, which she's played professionally in Australia before, was the story of her calling the Nigerian team monkeys during a scrimmage. I doubt she ever plays for the Australian national team again. Now, maybe there's a professional team in Australia that will, in fact, sign her. But she's talked a lot in the past about basketball is not her only passion, whatever. So I wouldn't be surprised if her career basketball Basketball wise is over is over. I mean, I I can like if I'm a WNBA team, I don't think I'm signing her. I mean, in February, when she signed with the Sparks, she was like, it's all about L.A. I wanted to be in L.A. And like five months later, she doesn't want to be in L.A. I shouldn't I shouldn't say no, because there's always teams that think they can change a person or or be a difference in a person. And, and, you know, they want her because she's a good player. So I should never say never, because there's just always teams out there say, well, she'll be okay with us because they want someone who's a good player. But I don't know. I mean, again, there's drama follows her like nobody else, like nobody else. Oh, you know, I can't tell you that. Matt Rule says the Panthers will have a quarterback competition between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. I particularly love this quote from Matt Rule. My job is not to pick the starting quarterback. The players will do that with the way they play. (laughs) That is your job, Matt Rule. That is explicitly your job is to pick the starting quarterback. Is this a UNLV situation where there's a lot of guys in the depth chart and no one really knows who's going to start and the players are going to decide it? Okay, give me give me right now. Percentage chance Sam Darnold starts week one. 2%. I will say 3%. Okay. Because there's a 3% <laughs> chance Baker Mayfield gets hurt and can't play week one. If Baker Mayfield's hurt, Sam Darnold is not the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. If Mayfield's healthy... They're not, they're not starting Sam Darnold. Not over Mayfield. Right. No. But yet, they're over here talking up a quarterback competition. Let's go, boys. Let's see who can bring out the best in each other. No chance. Darnold is awful. How about your guy? Isn't he there? Oh, yeah. Matt Corral. He's not yeah. playing. <laughs> he's going to be the third he, quarterback. He's going to be year. inactive each week? Apparently. <laughs> I mean, isn't they might he... just get rid of Sam Darnold at some point. That's what I'd probably do. I just what cut if the Corral's guy. really good in the preseason. It's yeah. Like, okay. Well, I just I mean I just cut the guy probably and be like yeah whatever. I mean I guess the Packers made Jordan Love a third stringer his first year, right? Somebody else was Aaron Rodgers' backup every game, so maybe they do that with Matt Corral. But I don't know. It seems like it should be Baker Mayfield your starter and Matt Corral's your There's number your two. Yeah. Exactly. Sam Darnold's bad. You're not doing literally anything. Well, with him. Yeah, he's not the future right. anyway. And like if, if Baker were to get hurt, let the kid play. Right. Figure out if Matt Corral's an NFL quarterback or not, and then go from there. Daddy had a breakaway. Tyreek Hill says Tua is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. He already said this offseason he's more accurate than Pat Mahomes. And then yesterday on first take, when they were talking about Zach Wilson, he said, Zach Wilson is a dog, but I'd rather play with the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. Talking about Tua. Is this worse 
than Devontae Adams oh. calling Derek Carr a Hall of Famer. No, calling Derek, Hall of, Derek Carr a Hall of Famer, I think, is worse. I actually think Carr has a better chance to end up in the Hall of Fame than Tua does to be the most accurate quarterback <laughs> in the NFL. That might be fair. I just think you said, is it worse than calling him a Hall of Famer? Because I think he's just so far away from that uh, distinction. Actually, Tua might end up leading the league in completion percentage because none of his passes are going to go more than four yards down the field. So his completion percentage might be very high, but he's not actually going to be an accurate quarterback because they won't let him throw it more than five yards down the field. Tyree Kill is going to, his average depth of target is going to be negative three yards this year. Every time he touches it, he's going to be behind the line of scrimmage. All right, break some tackles. Go ahead, go ahead. So it's going to be the plan. Tyreek Hill's like, oh, he's so accurate. Hits me right in the chest from four yards away every time. I, uh, what was the question again? I'm sorry. I just got <laughs> Sharif O'Neal will play for the G League Ignite, the team that is moving into the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson. That is Shaquille O'Neal's son, by the way. Uh, Sham Shani reported he's going to be making six figures. I like that we can't get any more specific than six figures. I'm guessing that just means $100,000. But, like, it could mean $999,000. Can we actually get Shaq to play for the team instead? I think that might actually interest me. Pull, like, a a LeBron. I'm going to play with my son. Yeah, it'd be more fun. It'd be beautiful. Like, nobody's showing up to watch Sharif O'Neal. No. Right? I'll tell you what, that place would be packed to watch Shaq. Right. If Shaq at, what is he, 50-something? Yeah. Showed up and was like, all right, I'm playing 22 minutes tonight, guys. <laughs> feed me. I'm not playing defense either. I'm not running back. I'm just, just staying right down. Permanent cherry yeah. picker. Yeah, just yeah, exactly. feed me the ball. Exactly. People, I'd show up to watch that. Oh, but yeah. like, nobody cares about Sharif O'Neal, right? I'm not missing no. something where we no. need to pretend to care about Sharif O'Neal. Okay. Next question. The mayor of Chicago, like, really wants to put a dome on Soldier Field. So That's wrong. The, the Chicago Bears are threatening. I think they've actually agreed. Have They have sort of an agreement in place to move to a suburb of Chicago called Arlington Heights mm-hmm. to build a new stadium so they can have a state-of-the-art stadium outside of the Chicago city limits in a suburb. The mayor of Chicago very much does not want this to happen, and they've talked about putting a roof on Soldier Field as try to entice the Bears to stay. And apparently yesterday at a meeting, he came up with three different proposals to how they could put a roof on Soldier Field. The price ranges on these three different proposals run from $900 million to $2.2 billion. <laughs> build a whole new stadium. Right? What are we doing? $2.2 billion just to put a roof? Also, isn't like part of the charm of playing at Soldier Field that it's like, it's windy, right? snowy, yeah, wet. Exactly. Exactly. Like, isn't that supposed to well, be like the gritty, the, the gritty yeah. confines Butkus. of Soldier? Yes. Butkus. But here's the thing, Jared. The Bears want to have what like the Raiders have, and that is a stadium that they know can host any event they want, right. and make money off of it. Well, then the city of Chicago just needs to do what Vegas did and give them a they bunch might, of they money. They might give them two point two billion. <laughs> I mean. That's what Vegas and the city of Buffalo have done. And it won't even be a new stadium. It'll just be, be the roof. Yeah, we put a roof yeah, up. It's going to be I like one of those outdoor garages. They're just going <laughs> to put it over Soldier Field. I'm pretty sure enough people have played at Wrigley that you don't. it doesn't need a roof as much as it just needs to not be, you know, slightly smelling of urine. 
Well, I don't know if the roof gets... It'd probably make it worse. I don't know, yeah. I don't know if you take that smell and you and compact it in with a roof. It might be horrible. $2.2 billion And they don't, it's, they don't even get a new stadium out of Go it. Go out to Arlington Heights and build that stadium. Well, that's the whole point. Chicago, Chicago won't the do it. The mayor doesn't want Maybe Arlington Heights, Heights. Arlington Heights is the Henderson of uh, Illinois, and they're going to give it to them. They aren't. They okay, probably have money, though. Then are they the Arlington Heights Bears, like the Santa Clara 49ers? Basically, yeah. Yeah. What? None, half these teams don't play where there's none of our teams play in Vegas except the lights. That is true. It's the Clark County Raiders yeah. and the Clark County Aces. Not making the joke. Great question. Thank you. I've All already right, got you, yelled at once. Did you see the video of a cop yanking on AJ Dillon during a soccer game? So, oh, this was great. So Bayern Munich played Man City at Lambeau Field, and AJ Dillon, Packers running back. Was like sort of not on the field, but field level. He's kind of on the the sideline, if you say what a football field looks like. And it's like like before the game, too. He's wearing a Bayern Munich jersey. He's sort of talking to fans, and he's about to go do a Lambo leap into the fans. And I don't know if it's a cop or a security guard, but somebody comes up behind him and yanks on the back of his soccer jersey. Like, I'm pretty sure he ruined that soccer jersey. And. Everybody in the there's one guy in the crowd flipping off this cop or security guard or whatever because everybody else knew that it was AJ Dillon who <laughs> plays for the Packers except for this one guy who thought just a random dude was about to jump into and the crowd. Then he pushed him. Right. Like had no idea who he was. None whatsoever. And here's my question. If you work security at a sporting event, how many you do you need to know every member of the team that normally plays there? I think you need to know if they are on the team or not, or if they're, you know, they have special uh, ability to be on the sideline. He's in a jersey and he's on the sideline. Did he have a credential on? I, I don't know. I can't really I don't tell think in the he video. Has. Did, wouldn't you just have to look at his legs and, and be go, like, he's that's AJ Dillon? Yeah, yeah, probably. That's what that's his identifiable feature. But do you remember when the Raptors the quad won? Father's right there. When the Raptors won the NBA title and their yeah. GM Masai uh, Ujiri? Yeah. He didn't have the credential. No, he did oh, have he the had credential. It. He had the credential. And a, and a security guard stopped him from going right. on the floor. Beca- like I'm like, you got to know these people. Like you got to. You be should able to know recognize. the owner of the team. Right. You should be able to recognize the important people and not accost them. For should he be? A- should he know AJ? I just. I mean, I'm, I'm yes. sorry. If I see if I if I, I am just... in Lambeau Field and I see someone with thighs like that, I am going. He's probably a football player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if Jared's just, ever running security and you're just big, you can get. Oh wherever, yeah, Demon. Demon is getting in all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Coming up next, we'll jump back into some baseball because guess what? The Dodgers and Astros are the best two teams in the sport. Swinging a high fly ball to right, but Cormick is back toward the track near the wall, and it is on the ledge, and it is gone. 1-1 one, one delivery, swinging a high fly ball to right field. Soto drifting back, has a play, now squares up, and he makes the catch and a curly W in the books at Dodger Stadium. Back to the Press Box Summer Edition. All right, uh, can one of you give a good visual explanation of what Aaron Rodgers looks like? Uh, he does. He looks like Nick Cage and Conair. Long have you hair. seen Conair? I have seen Conair, yes. He looks exactly like him. Put the bunny down. Doesn't he? Do, they land that on the Las Vegas Strip, yes. right? Yeah. I, I have seen and Conair. And Steve Buscemi the guy, is uh, randomly playing craps. But Aaron Rodgers showed up to camp today in a... Uh, Jared, what is the correct phrase for a wife-beater shirt? An A-shirt? I don't know. 
I'll look it up. Yeah, but he showed a white up in one? a white, skinny tank top. Yes, and very long hair, hair yeah. down to his shoulders, and yeah. looks like Nick Cage in Con Air. And Ed, what are you explaining? He did with his okay. backpack. I'm more, yeah, I'm more A-shirt. excited like this. He walks behind his car, I guess it's or someone's car, and he's holding a backpack in his right arm or his right hand. He's playing with his hair, and he's walking into the complex. But as he gets to the oh. front of the car, he drops the backpack and keeps walking. Which, and he keeps walking into the complex after <laughs> dropping the backpack. And I'm, why did he drop the backpack? Is that his or some someone else's? Did he realize mid stride, this isn't mine. I'll leave it here. If he yeah. did that at an airport, he'd be arrested. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Con <And> Air, he's, <laughs> he's walking into the complex and he never stops. He never stops to go back to get the backpack. I, I mean, do they have people who run and get his backpack and bring it to him? That was really, I mean, the, the look is one thing, but then the dropping of the backpack in front of the car that he's walking around was very strange. One of the underrated things is as he turns the, the corner around the car is him, like, wiping his lips and, like, yes. making a look like, I know I'm being filmed. Yeah. QB1. I don't know what to do with him. He's incredible. Um, he's, he's such a good football player that right. it's like. Man, if Kyrie was LeBron James level <laughs> talent, we would put up with so much crap from him. Uh, also in the news this morning, uh, Damon Arnett, former first round pick of the Raiders, was arrested again. Uh, according to TMZ, here's here's how Damon Arnett got arrested. He's in he was in Miami uh, around eight p.m. He was pulled over, and the police told him that he was he had a suspended driver's license, so he wasn't allowed to drive. However, the police let him go. They gave him a, a ticket for it, but they let him go um, because there was somebody else that had a valid license that was there that could drive the car back home or wherever they were going. That was around 8 p.m. Uh, a little past midnight, the same car got pulled over again, and Damon Arnett was again driving the car. So about four hours later, pulled over after getting a ticket for a suspended license, they then arrested him then for driving knowingly with a suspended license, and then they say they found a white powdery substance in his pants pocket and arrested him on drug charges. Former Ed, Raiders right. first round so he's, pick, he's, Damon uh, Ed, Ed, you used to cover him. He was a he's a pretty big baker, right? Like so it's probably flour, <laughs> yeah. powdered sugar. Yeah. Well he's also a character guy. Yeah, character guy. Big time character guy for uh, Gruden and Mayock. Uh, that's why they brought all those guys in. Character. You gotta I, draft you gotta, you gotta draft character guys three rounds earlier than you should. I know we have beaten the Mayock Gruden drafting into the ground. We've talked about it plenty and eventually we'll stop talking about it. Has anybody ruined like a rebuild with a bunch of draft picks worse than the Raiders did? I mean they traded their uh, two, hard to do with outside a car, they traded their two most valuable players. In Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack, mm-hmm. they got three first-round picks out of that. Plus, they had their own, and they turned it into Cleveland Furl, Jonathan Abram, Henry Ruggs, Damon mm-hmm. Arnett, and who I'm forgetting one. I can't remember the other one. Like unbelievably bad. And then Alex Leatherwood throw him on the end, which they, it was their own pick already. But like, how 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 did they do so bad with those draft picks? I mean, they didn't evaluate. Obviously, they didn't evaluate Arnett. Ruggs, I guess you could say the same thing. Uh, it's not as bad. Not okay. as, I mean, it's bad the of what happened incident, and what he did. Right, is worse than like worse anything than anything they, did. Than anyone else did. But I think you can give the Raiders front office a little bit of a break because that was more of a 
one-off freak accident, right? The Damon Arnett one. One-off freak decision. Decision, yeah. The Damon Arnett and like, no, he's got th- there's multiple issues multiple incidents. Where... There's no reason he should have been drafted in the first right, round. Exactly. Right. There's zero. The zero right. reason based on his football ability. Right. And then zero reason based like it should have been even if he was good at football to be well, drafted. Well, and they in the first even round. said when they start drafted him, they already knew there were red flags. Right. This was a. This was already a. This was already a guy who had been into some things. We were like, oh, we know there's red flags, but we can, you know, we'll, we'll do better for him. God, they did so bad. Now, one other NFL thing that we didn't get to earlier in the show. Did you see the anonymous defensive coordinator on Lamar Jackson? So uh, the, I, read, I read the quote. The Athletic every year, does, they talk to coaches and executives and scouts, and they put together like a quarterback ranking based on all these coaches, executives, and scouts, uh, how they feel about the NFL quarterbacks. And Lamar Jackson ended up in tier two of the NFL quarterbacks. I believe he was overall like number nine or something like that. Um, But this was the quote from an anonymous defensive coordinator. He's so unique as an athlete and he's a really good football player, but I don't care if he wins the league MVP 12 times. I don't think he'll ever be a tier one quarterback. He'll be a tier one as a football player, but not as a quarterback. If Lamar Jackson wins MVP 12 <laughs> times, he's the best player in NFL history. Other than like other than Derek Carr. <laughs> Obviously, yes. Peyton Manning has the most MVPs in league history at five. If Lamar Jackson won 12, he would be the best player the league has ever seen. And this random defensive coordinator would be like, nah, he's, he's not, not a, good a quarterback. quarterback. Like, listen. I probably agree with this defensive coordinator to an extent. I don't think Lamar Jackson, if he was on another team, would be that great. He'd be an above-average NFL quarterback. But he's in the right system, and he the Ravens have tailored everything around him, right? But if this man wins 12 MVPs, <laughs> you cannot say anything bad about him. It's, it's, it's not, you can't do it. 12 MVPs would be absurd. I hope this guy was facetious in this. I don't think he I was. Have, you don't think so? No, I think he's an Well, idiot. I think he doesn't think he's a quarterback. Right. 12 MVPs. Like, and, and listen, if you don't think he's good right now, that's fine. Like, you're, you're wrong, but, like, he's clearly good. But, like, if somebody wins 12 MVPs, <laughs> you cannot ahead of time say, nope, not giving him credit. We're not giving him credit for 12 He'd, he'd be the best quarterback in the history of the sport if he won 12 MVPs. I can't believe we have people that say dumb crap like that as a, like one of the premier positions in the sport, defensive coordinator of some NFL team. Who said on the Pat Mahomes, was that a defense coordinator as well? Was, uh, it, the same, was it the same guy? So the Pat Mahomes <laughs> this guy ripping quote, everybody? <laughs> the Pat Mahomes quote was just credited to a, a scout, I think. Or excuse me, a coach. I don't think it said which one kind. Uh, nothing against the guy. I love the kid. But take his first read away, and what does he do? He runs, he scrambles, he plays street ball. That's why oh, he's better why? than everybody yes. else, because he's good at what that. Is the, what is there, where is the problem with that? I don't know. The thing that makes him unique is he's very good at throwing from different platforms yes. accurately. I think like, he's extremely yeah. accurately. I think he's been the best quarterback in NFL history throwing outside the pocket and under yeah. pressure. I'd have to double-check that stat, but I'm pretty sure he's the best in the league history at outside the pocket and under pressure. That's why he's so good. Streetball has worked for him. Right. This this Whoever this coach is was like, hey, his biggest strength? No, no, it's actually a weakness, right. and I'll tell you why. Like, what? 
That's why Mahomes Stand is great. Stand in the pocket and get hit. Jesus. I can't I can't believe some of these people. It's ridiculous. All right, coming Fumble up Fumble the ball. Charles McDonald joins the show. All of the sun, none of the fun on the Press Box Summer Edition. Joining us now is Charles McDonald. Follow on Twitter at 4Verts. Find his podcast, The Exempt List. Uh, good morning, Charles. How many MVPs does Lamar Jackson need to win to be considered a top-tier quarterback in the NFL? Mm, I think if he got, like, one that was unanimous in his second season, or really his first full season as a starter, I think if he did something like that, <laughs> that would be uh, – pretty impressive and maybe we could think about him as like one of the best quarterbacks in the game but you know until he gets that mvp or you know starts winning some games or revolutionizes like what kind of offense he can run i think he's just another uh another another guy you know he he hasn't really done anything impressive up to this point in his career uh at like 25 years old you know nothing nothing to see there I, i think he just needs to have one good season and then we can start talking about him as you know, maybe one of the ascending quarterback talents in the league. How is there a defensive coordinator that could say with a straight face, even if he won 12 MVPs, which would be more than double the all-time leader, that he would still not consider him a top-tier quarterback? I mean, that just sounds personal to me. I mean, because <laughs> the, only, the only people that I have that level of vitriol for are like people who have like personally done me wrong. Uh and look, maybe Lamar Jackson like stole this guy's wife or something, or maybe yeah, maybe he started dating his daughter and he didn't like it. I don't know. But twelve MVPs, like that's got to be double than what Tom Brady and Peyton Manning have combined. Twelve MVPs, <laughs> and you still be like, oh no, no, this guy can't do it. Twelve MVPs, and like at, at this point, we're talking about like the most miraculous career of all time. Because if you're telling me that, oh, you know. He's never going to figure out how to throw. But he could still win 12 MVPs. Like, Lamar Jackson's going to be, what, 36 years old, still running around and making people miss every single play? Like, that's remarkable. Like, that would be more impressive than throwing the ball. Like, we're talk- we're- we'd be talking about literally the greatest football player ever. But uh, I don't know. This sounds personal to me. Because, uh, I mean, even just think about, like, the career accolades that will come with 12 MVPs. Because every time – you know, a, a player wins, uh, a quarterback wins, like, first-team All-Pro, they become the MVP. Like, that's been the, the biggest indicator, uh, you know, f- tracking this stuff over the last few years. So, 12 MVPs, I'm assuming that means 12 first-team All-Pros. Like, you're going to get at least 12 Pro Bowls in there, plus probably some years maybe where he doesn't deserve it. Let's put at, like, 17 or 18 if we're going to have dominance over this amount of uh, time. Let's give him, you know, three or four second team all pros, and you would still say, "Oh no, no, that Lamar Jackson guy, he's no good." Like it's it's got to be personal at this point, uh, because the only like the only player I would talk about this like is like Drew Brees, because I'm a Falcons fan. <laughs> like if Drew Brees had 12 MVPs, I'd be like, "No, no, noodle arm, great offensive line." You, you guys forgot how good Jimmy Graham was at his peak. Uh, Drew Brees had nothing to do with that. Uh, but you know, it, it, you know, I almost want to go back like. Which which defensive coordinator could it be? Because I'm going to assume that it's a defense that Lamar has absolutely destroyed uh, at some point in the recent future. Uh, so you know we we got like Matt Eberflus because Lamar cooked him up. We got Lou Anamaru or Anamarano or whatever. How uh, the uh, the Bengals defensive coordinator? I mean, there's a long list of guys who could be upset about this, but 12 MVPs. 
12 MVPs. That that's that's a real kicker because I mean that that would be like unquestionably the greatest football player of all time. Another quote from the story on Pat Mahomes, nothing against the guy. I love the kid, but take his first read away. And what does he do? He runs, he scrambles, he plays street ball. We were saying before you came on, that's sort of what makes him good. Yeah, it's what makes him good, but it's also, like, that's also, like, not true. I mean, that would be true if you I, – I'm assuming, like, this person hasn't watched him since, I don't know, his first year starting at Texas Tech because I think, like, that's probably the last time, like, that that description of him was true. I mean, the first read stuff, I, I don't even, like, I, it, it's, just, it's, it's baffling. I mean, we're talking about a guy like Lamar. I mean, he's, and Pat's had a greater uh, start to his career than Lamar has with the MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, I mean, just to suggest that he gets flustered when you shut down his first read is, is crazy. I mean, how many times have we seen him, like, look one way and then throw a, a, a no-look pass across the field or – even just sit back there and just dice someone up. I mean, what, what makes Pat so great is that he can read a defense and he can do the stuff where, uh, you know, if he's going to scramble and get outside the pocket, he's still someone that's fast. He can throw uh, on the run. Like, I was reading those quotes like, man, like, these, these guys are really in their feelings about how these quarterbacks are dicing them up nowadays. <laughs> like, oh, you know, they've become so athletic that athleticism is the only thing that's impressive about them. No, like, Lamar... Pat, they can do all the normal quarterback stuff that you see uh, from the other guys, but I guess when uh, when you're blessed with some other physical abilities, it becomes an issue. Uh, it's, it's just it's really weird. Like to say that Pat's a guy that gets uh, struggles when he gets off, like he has to move off his first read. I mean, you can watch ten minutes of Patrick Mahomes tape and know that that's not true. So uh, it, it, I think I think it's like the combination of skills is maybe a little overwhelming for some of these guys to think about, uh, considering like the NFL that maybe they grew up in and the NFL that they saw, but man, we're drinking some crazy haterade over here. Every time we get one of these uh, lists comes out. How much film has Kyler Murray watched in his NFL career? Um, well, he just finished year three. Um, and I, I'm, I'm assuming if they had to put four hours into his contract, <laughs> then it's, it's, it's less than four hours. So what? There's 17 weeks in the football season. What's 17 times four? I don't know. Uh, I can't do that math off the top of my head. I'm a, that's why I'm a sports writer. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, it's not that many hours, you know. Uh, it's less than like 70 hours. Uh, 68 hours. That's, that's 68. Uh, 68. Right. <laughs> so I, I would say if we're gonna do what 68 times three for the three seasons, that puts us at what around 210 hours. So we're less than 200 hours. A film study for Kyler Murray. <laughs> Plus, you got to factor in that there's been a new Call of Duty that comes out every season uh, <laughs> since then. So I don't know. I, I I would say, you know, based on the splits for Kyler, I think someone posted it today. It looks like he stops watching the film around the time that a new Call of Duty game gets released. <laughs> uh, so that puts you at like three years for the first six to eight weeks of the season, which also kind of tracks how crappy the, the Cardinals are after, like, the first eight games of the season. Like, I have this theory that he and Cliff are just posted up there until 3 in the morning when playing Warzone or whatever Call of Duty game uh, they're playing. And, yeah, dude, Tyler, Tyler's, a, or not Tyler, Tyler's a big gamer. I, mean, I remember I was doing a story once on uh, this Twitch gamer swag, and I was, you know, watching one of his streams to prepare for uh, the article that I was writing. 
And Kyler Murray literally just hopped in the party like, yo, what's up, guys? And they were playing <laughs> Warzone until like 2 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, yo, Kyler's like actually a huge gamer. And then I realized Kyler had his own Twitch channel. He's got this crazy gaming setup. So, yeah, this is definitely something that he does. Uh, I, I thought it was funny that like that little tidbit got released because I don't really know who it serves. Obviously, it doesn't serve Kyler very well. I don't think it serves the Cardinals very well. Like, hey, why are you paying this quarterback that you have to like force to watch film? But uh, at the same time, I think it's just it's just kind of funny because uh, I can't remember a time that we've had to do this for a player that like you know we know is good for the most part. I really don't know how they're going to know if he even does this. Um. Well, okay. When I was in college, uh, I played football at Gettysburg, and uh, there's a there's a tracker on Huddle that would show like how how much film like each player is watching. Um, I know that you can track this because I got in trouble myself a few times for not watching enough film. Uh, and then you know I, I kind of learned the workaround where okay, like I could do something. Like I can just let this run and go do something else, uh, and I can log up my hours for the day. And then it got set so like you have to actually be on the web page to log your hours. So I was like, all right, uh, you know the people who are asking, oh Kyler, I don't know how you attract that. Trust me. I know from personal experience that uh, it absolutely can be tracked and uh, you absolutely can be forced to do extra gases if you don't, uh, don't watch your film. Uh, would, were you saying earlier, does Call of Duty always come out in the fall? Uh, yeah, for the most part. I mean, Vanguard did. I mean, okay, I, I play a lot of Call of Duty too. Uh, like Vanguard did, Black Ops did, and I think Modern Warfare did too. And the newest one is set to come out in October. So, yeah, it's usually like October... November release, like but sometime before Thanksgiving or Halloween around that time. Uh, we uh, have a lot of sports betting that happens on the radio here in Las Vegas. This is probably the best tip that we've ever had is that whenever Call of Duty comes out, bet against the Cardinals. The Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we should track it. Why not? <laughs> uh, I, 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 I know the Modern Warfare 2. Uh, I think it comes out like late October, early November. So, you know, even if the Cardinals are playing some crappy team like the Falcons, but maybe even uh, you could bet against them for that week because, you know, Kyler's going to be up until 5 a.m. on that Saturday night before the game trying to upgrade those weapons get ready for Warzone 2. And I know that because I will be too. <laughs> well, he is Charles McDonald. Uh, the best information we've gotten about Kyler Murray so far. Charles, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Charles. All right, see you guys. Again, make sure you follow him on Twitter at 4Verts. Is, we got to tell the books that. Oh, Call of Duty. We've got to tell the books. No, or, or no, just no. Gotta, we just got to. Okay. We just got to get our, what we have our to down do our own cash. Is I was going to say, we 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 find out when Call of Duty comes out, and each of us puts in a 10, and we just ride the Cardinals' right. losing streak. We have to do that just to see if it works. Oh, man. It'd be great. <laughs> Hold on. October 28th. Okay. Is when uh, Call, next of, Call the, of Duty the comes next out. Call of Duty comes out. Who are they playing that week? Uh, it gave me the St. Louis Cardinals schedule when I first Googled that. <laughs> Um, they play at Minnesota on October oh, 30th. Kevin O'Connell is the rookie coach. Yeah. Kirk. So He'll take care of him. Kirk. One, two, three. Kirk. So that'll be week uh, seven, week uh, eight on the season. On the road? Uh, their eighth game of the year. What's he going to be doing in the hotel? We, he's not going to be watching film. He's going to be playing Call of Duty. Uh, they then follow that up with a home game against the Seahawks, who are going to suck. So if we're really cash those if we're really testing our luck, we're betting on Drew Locke. But if this Call of Duty thing is true, it's gonna be very, uh, Drew very Locke rich. will be injured. But it's a good week point. Eight. It's a good point. Geno betting Smith. on Geno Smith. But then they go after that: Rams, 49ers, Chargers, Patriots, Broncos, Bucks. 
I don't think they win uh, a game. I, <laughs> I was going to say, Call of Duty is going to be in play there. I, I think at that Jared's point, Jared's right. We could just roll. We could just carry this and roll this off. At this point, I'm like, I'm also thinking though, like, man, that is a bad sketch. Like, no wonder they fade in the second half. Exactly. All right, we've got tickets to give away to go see the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They're coming to Las Vegas, and we've got a pair of tickets for you. Two tickets, August 6th at Allegiant Stadium. You could buy them at Ticketmaster or win a pair from us. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. You will win a pair of tickets to go see the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Jared, how high of a number do you want to pick up during this break? Uh, actually, I, I I realized I said thirty earlier. You did, but and I don't now, believe. Yeah, you know. let's go eleven. Caller 11? number eleven. All right, yeah. caller number eleven. You'll win a pair of tickets to go see the Red Hot Chili Peppers at Allegiant Stadium. AD is a tough matchup for anybody, but you're not going to get a tougher look. So I think that's a good thing. Aaron's always practiced at at such a high level in everything that he does, and you know Logan's a quick study. But uh, there's no way that you can replicate uh, going against Aaron Donald. You're listening to the Press Box Summer Edition. Okay, I I tried to do this very quickly during the break. Three years Kyler Murray's been in the NFL. Three years a new Call of Duty has come out during the NFL season. The Arizona Cardinals record those three years before the new Call of Duty comes out. 15, 7, and 1. After the new Call of Duty comes out, nine and seventeen. Oh my We're betting it. Now I've got it. Now here's a key. The last two years they have won the very first game after, after Call, Call of, Duty? of Duty came out and then fell apart. So maybe not the very first game, but after that first game, complete destruction. Uh did Kyler Murray miss games any of those seasons? I'd uh, I'd have to go double check that. I did this quick. Uh, yeah, he missed two last year, three last year. So three of those somewhere we've got to take off the record there. But the Arizona Cardinals fall apart after Call of Duty comes out. How's that for hot takes on this show? That is, we're giving you like inside information yeah. on what to bet. Thank you to Charles McDonald. But that is the the Arizona Cardinals. We have discovered why they collapse in the second half. Kyler Murray starts. Playing well, we Call discovered of Duty. why this guy doesn't watch film. <laughs> I mean, obviously he's playing Call of Duty. He's not watching any film. Do you think the Arizona Cardinals front office has that stat and presented it during their contract negotiations with Kyler Murray? They do, as Charles said, and as the clause said, they do know he's a gamer. I don't know if they had that specific stat in Call of Duty, but they obviously know he's a gamer and that he does nothing but play video games. Is this why Kyler Murray deleted all references to the Arizona Cardinals off his Instagram Back in March or whenever because that was. Because they were insinuating he'd have because to watch more film? He sat in a meeting and they said, hey, man, you got to stop watching Call of Duty. Look at our record afterwards. And he said, Call of Duty is more important than the NFL. See you later, Cardinals. Be great. <laughs> Be great if that was the reason. <laughs> From 15-7-1 to 9-17 and 17 after Call of Duty comes out. It's incredible. <laughs> And it's almost like here here's the breakdown. Last year, the Cardinals were seven and one before Call of Duty right. came out. They they won their very next game and then finished after that three and five. In 2020, they were five and three before Call of Duty came out. They ended the year three and five. Maybe it takes them a little while to get out. going on the new version. Right. Back in his rookie season, they were three, three, and one. Call of Duty comes out, they go two and seven the rest wow. of the way. <laughs> Charles has given us some great inside information here with this. 
This is Jared, of, you a Call of Duty guy? No, no, I don't play first-person shooters. This is one of my favorite <laughs> stats I've ever had. Yes. It's incredible. Like, this is absolutely incredible. That even if it Murray, means nothing? Yeah. Even if this has nothing to do with why they stink in the second half of seasons? It's still great to say. <laughs> this, you could write a whole story about this. <laughs> it's a great stat. Phenomenal. I mean, if, you are, if you're doing this show in... Arizona right now, like you're doing the morning, the morning sports radio show in Arizona. You have to be like absolutely ripping him. Like, he cares too much about video games. Oh yeah, when that clause comes out in the contract, you got to go after him if you're in the town that he plays. No, no, Jared. I think if you're doing local radio in Arizona today, you're trying to set up some sort of video game thing with Kyler Murray like yeah let's play call new call of duty comes out in November baby we're playing like you're 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 going the other way you're not ripping them you're saying yep let's play call of duty till midnight I mean it's I mean it's not like we're gonna win (laughs) (laughs) now did Charles say he was playing in the middle night and he saw Murray come in and play yeah yeah he was on a, a twitch stream I don't know if Charles was playing or not but other people were playing and Kyler Murray hopped and Kyler Murray hopped in yeah and started playing that is amazing. <laughs> it's all come to light now, right? We're now learning about this clause and why they had to put it in there. This guy's out of his mind with the video games. <laughs> so the, some of the best revelations that we've had in the sports world, Kyler Murray plays Call of Duty and the Cardinals fall apart when the new one comes out. And Jameis Winston was blind and should have had LASIK surgery like years ago. And that's why he threw 30 interceptions in a season. No, two of my favorite revelations that we've had. And now if Jameis is fully healthy, we kind of got robbed of it by him getting hurt last year. I'm expecting Jameis Winston tremendous season this year, as long as he doesn't get hurt. And now if the Cardinals can somehow block Call of Duty from coming out in the fall, like if you're Cliff Kingsbury, you're calling uh, the company that makes Call of Duty. You're like, all right, Infinity Ward. Have you thought about a spring release? What if yes. this comes out in well, March? So they used to they used to literally release two Call of Duties a, a year. year? Yes. Really? Yes. And they they had to set up two separate studios so that they could simultaneously be working on them. Was there really that much demand for two a year? Oh my yes. I mean, people that play sports games get annoyed because it's the same game. You just updated yeah, you the just rosters. Updated the rankings and the rosters. Was there enough difference in two Call of Duty games that it was worthwhile buying both? Kyler Murray might have been buying both, apparently. Or maybe he just likes the fall release.